0: This is the second time we've had a false start like that.
1: Well, at least we
0: didn't go 10 minutes in or so.
1: Get it out of the way early. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's left.
0: I don't know if I don't know if we... Is anybody here? You guys are here. There you are. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, my God. It happened going again. Out. Notification's going out, so, yeah.
0: It happened again.
1: I don't think it went out the first time, though. So I, I think it, it's just happening now. I don't know. I Maybe feel like I glitched out. Anyway, welcome in. I'm going to do that intro again.
0: I'm not gonna say the same thing though. <laughs> no, you gotta got do some variation of it, man. Come and on. Two zero. <laughs> anyway, um, here we go again. Two and zero again. It was like, you know, did you ever think they were gonna lose this game? No, no. Which is a good thing. Another thing, it's just like just like the Sixers, like they take a run, and you just felt like the Celtics were just gonna kind of bounce it back. They always kind of did. Yeah. I mean, you saw my you saw Miami pull ahead
1: there. The Celtics just kind of like, nope. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, in the only, third quarter. The only time I thought that this thing might go da- go down the wire was in that third quarter, it's obviously. Two and zero shimmy. It's two and zero. But when they got when they got Bam out of there, when he picked up his fourth foul, that's when the Celtics regained the momentum. And look, yeah. the way they close the way they're closing out quarters, man, it's it's impressive. I mean, this is the kind of um, the kind of depth that we were looking forward to, right? The way they close out the first quarter, the way they close out the third quarter, which was obviously a big one after you got Bam into foul trouble. They, they were in foul trouble, right? They were in the penalty early in that quarter. And the Heat used that to their advantage. So I thought the South did a really good job of weathering the storm throughout. But also, like, everyone's just clicking, it seems like. Right. Um, you guys who come off the bench, obviously Malcolm Brogdon, you know, uh, Grant Williams, Noah Vonley, I thought, made his presence felt immediately. You know, coming off the bench, one of the first guys off the bench in that first quarter to sort of stop the bleeding and, and grab that lead going into the second quarter
0: yeah and again the third quarter there things get a little ugly uh the refs just gift gift you know Miami five fouls in the first 5 minutes three in the first 3 minutes of the of the quarter whatever it was for um and uh and that that was just uh, you know, kind of tough there. Uh, you know, they could have easily, the the thing thing could have easily gotten away from them there. Uh, I like that unit that was in there. Brogdon didn't have the cleanest game, but I liked the energy and the pace that he was playing with and kind of slinging the ball all over the place and keeping them, uh, in there. And, uh, that third quarter unit that that pushed that league back, back up there, uh, was, was him. It was Grant. It was Tatum. Um, That was good stuff. I I like the mixing and matching so far of everything. I guess, you know, when you look at it, sure, you're without Rob. And, you know, differences between this game and last game. Philly was a little bigger, so they went to – hey, did we get a super – look at this. Get Dirk out of the gate already. Dirk, save some. Save some of that. Super chatting. There you go. That's early. It's early yet. I I wasn't going to ask for him. Uh, Was Dirk the one tweeting about it? Someone was tweeting about it. Maybe that was him. But uh, Dirk, I was going there anyway. Um, The Vonley train. Um, I like the minutes they're getting out of. um, True, true. So (laughs) how did things, and you look, I mean, it's like, yeah, Joe doesn't have a set thing he's doing you bring in blake and Vonley in the first quarter of that of the philly game and you're like this is what we're doing how huh? we're doing blake okay well, yeah um, but you also had two 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 year bigs going to foul trouble quickly but i, I you did you. right yeah, yeah. you did and they had to and that, what i mean is it's just based on necessity blake doesn't right. play a minute today but hauser gets first quarter run and hauser plays yeah. up, hauser plays about what i think you want hauser to play on this team um which is 13 minutes took three, sh- three pointers all of them were open nailed two of them uh he's a plus 12 he's doing fi- he's not killing himself on defense i think if you leave him out there too long he will get exposed they'll start hunting matchups it was interesting they were hunting matchups in this game like it was a, like it was in the playoffs already you know yeah, uh, yeah. with with this one. But yeah, you, you can't do that for too long, but you do it for stretches. And that's all we were kind of clamoring for last year is you need shooting. You can't find a place to stick this guy on the court with all the other versatile defenders you have out there and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and make it happen. And then Vonley, uh, Dirk, Holy wow. Right. Um, yeah. va- like early on that frigging, the, the the spin move and the putback and a couple of jams early. He was yeah, active
1: with the, uh, with the, with the dunk. Yeah, that was good. That was in the, um, Look, the, the offensive rebounding, obviously, we know how much that's going to worth for the Celtics team. I mean, they, they need all of that. And then you yeah. look at the way they they um the, the approach was and mixing and, mix and matching with the second unit guys. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up the fact that it seemed like they were trying to hunt Hauser every time he was out there. And that's, that's to me, that's of just feeling out, feeling things out, Say, yeah. look, I'm the, I'm the experienced head coach here. Let me see how, you know, Joe Mazzula counteracts. And I thought it was interesting that coming out of halftime, he sort of he sort of gave him a test there, right? I mean, granted, you have to remember, this is Missoula's first game on the road as head coach. You know, these ones matter, obviously. And there was a lot of, look, if this thing went the other way, people would have been talking about that third quarter and saying, why did he take so long to, to call a timeout? You know, it was, uh, the, what was it, the 12-0 run, or, or the, the lead had, had disappeared within minutes. Yeah. He sort of let his guys go out there and, and try to figure things out. You know, luckily, he finally did call a timeout once Miami tied things up at 69, but you know that's something that's something he's gonna have to figure out on his own. You know that's just that's just the bumps, the growing pains. Yeah, you're not expecting. I
0: yeah, I had no sure. complaints there at all. Uh, going back on the vonle thing uh, with Dirk's comment here, like uh, this is way better than we could have hoped in the early going. Because again, what are you expecting? Not much, right? But if you can get some meaningful minutes out of this and actually create a big man rotation, and he's part of it, especially when Rob comes back, if that's your third big and you're getting these kind of minutes out of him. You're okay. The, that that yeah. whole this whole notion of give me Dwight Howard, give me Boogie Cousins, I'll toss that out the window. If you're getting these minutes from Vonleh when Rob returns, you're great. Um, yeah. and and you're
1: fine. They, yeah, they wouldn't have fit on this team, though. You know, I mean, that's why you get I forget to about. Like, I agree. Group. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Blake Griffin is obviously he's he's well past his prime, but he's still a guy that can run the floor and not. You don't want to play him twenty minutes or so, but if you're playing him anywhere between ten to twelve or thirteen, that's exactly where you can get the most out of him at that like you said that third center you know that's just sort of the reinforcement that you wanted to have at least one veteran presence now noah vonley i mean from the second he checked in, in that first preseason game you just saw that he he just got it like it, it just clicked for him like what his role or what it could potentially be on this team and that's essentially being that defensive anchor in the front court off the bench especially with rob out especially as a as an outside threat do you remember that when he first checked in within the first three minutes he made a three-pointer and everyone's like well yeah. wait a minute like who's this guy again? You know, everyone's looking at their programs. You know, I got text messages from friends being like, who is this guy? And I'm like, Hey, he's been, he was in the league before, you know, he's, he's getting his shot with this team. And this is an ideal situation for him right now. He's making the most out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Brian here. Uh, phenomenal that's the only comment there and that's fine i agree it's phenomenal right now everything's look, phenomenal
1: I, I wasn't trying to give bobby too much grief but i, I had to when he just kept talking about rotations and, and, and mentioning cornet and i'm like look the guy was out at the time you know he's still coming back and ley was just out, just showing him out you know like it just just outshining him even though it was you know a small sample size it just looked ideal yeah it's uh you know
0: so far i like what we're getting there you're getting um you know, and again, it wasn't you know yeah it, 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 it wasn't the same as the as the Philly game just in terms of you know, you had some guys struggling a little bit with their shots. Marcus didn't have the best game. He tried to squeeze too many passes into tight spots. The heat are good. they're an active defense. They've got active well, hands. That's not the kind of stuff that's gonna work with them. Um you know, Brogdon was a little bit cold, but it still gave gave them what they needed. As you said, smart drew that fourth foul on on uh, on um on bam. Yeah. And that that turns the tide. Um, So, yeah, it's hard to say anything other than phenomenal. It really is. Uh, (laughs) Let's bring in Michael here. Michael, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for the super chat little gifts here. It it is scary. It's funny. I was seeing this on Twitter, uh, Michael. I forget who was talking about it, but just based off of again, look, what do we do in Boston? We react. We overreact to the positive and the negative. Right. It's just what we Mm do. Um, It's hard to not there's enough tape on these guys going back to last year, Joe Sway to see what you see now and, and think there's nothing fluky that it is a bit of an evolution that it is. um, You know, you're seeing how things fit with Tatum and Brown coming back um, and, and the core group coming back uh, Derek White in his first full season, and then adding Brogdon to the mix. It feels different already out of the gate uh, with these guys. Uh, There's just something there where, as I said, is I can't quite, Articulate exactly what it was, but I never at any point felt like they were going to lose this game. And how many times maturation, last generation,
1: John? These yeah. guys these kids are all grown up, you know. I, I was saying on the uh, on the Cedric Maxwell podcast, I was telling Max, I'm like, listen, everyone was using the first day of school analogy for the home opener, but I and I, I'm with that as well. It had that that feel to it, but it also felt like you know, like the, the seniors coming back, you know, with like hair on their face, you know, it's like, look at you guys all grown up. I know, was like, look how you guys have just. It can can just see an obstacle and just do the right thing quickly, right? Because in that first quarter, you know, it, it, that was that that was the best Philly looked, and they were able to adjust, and they were able to do it on the fly, and they were able to, you know, commit to the ball movement and and seeking the best clean looks and, and high percentage shots, all of that. And, and of course, guys like Malcolm Brogdon and you know, uh, having the preseason and everything to sort of get to get back into the flow of things, all of that does help. But also, what also helps is coming off of the NBA finals and guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just they're just focused on a whole nother level right now. And I think you're seeing that, you know, that, that maturation of the, of both of these guys being genuine leaders. Like they're leading this team It's them two. pretty
0: locked in uh pretty locked in right now I I mean the shots the shot selection is a little tougher today but again that's kind of what Miami does to you um you can work the ball around you still might not get a quality shot against a team like this and a defense like this so there were times where you just needed Tatum to be Tatum and and Brown to be Brown I remember there was a couple opportunities a couple times where I'm like I thought Tatum was forcing the issue uh and and it worked uh and that's fine if that's what you're going to do and it's going to result in a bucket. um, Sometimes just scorers got to score. And uh, they were both again, phenomenal. I mean, Jalen didn't even get back in the game there. He probably would have cracked 30 if he did, um, you know, he grabbed those two offensive fouls late. Uh, Brogdon didn't score. We talked about this, but the spacing is key. Thanks, Nor. Um, I totally agree that third quarter Bobby texted on the chain. um, Exactly that. You know, like Brogdon's been awesome. But then you look at the box score and it's like, oh, it was like two for nine. You know, it kind of looked ugly. But it's right. um, Just the spacing, his ability to attack, um, you know, and defend and to find shooters is is something they didn't have
1: last year. Right. And you can tell that that's that's taken that that's a priority of his. Right. I I don't think he's the kind of guy like, okay, well, if we're we can't get a run going. I, I got to start doing things offensively. No, he's still going to remain to the same game plan and trying to get others going. And then he's going to pick a spot, right? I mean, that, that pull up three pointer, man, like I just remember just throughout so many, the, the past what, four or five seasons, whenever, whatever team he was on, whether it was the Bucks or the Pacers, you know, he was that guy who, who pulled up when when you least expected it. And And to see that on the Celtics team now, I mean, again, it's not the same sort of approach where he was a lot more aggressive on those teams. You know, he's tr- he's just trying to make sure the offense flows. You know, whatever the best option is to to keep the offense flowing you know, at his best is what he's doing. And I think that's great for this team. You know, it's gonna get other guys going. Brogdon will he'll have his nights. You know, he'll have he'll pick his spots when he's gonna just start feeling it, and he's gonna know when okay I'm in attack mode now. But for the for the for the most part right now, he's doing his best just, just getting the giving the offense what it needs. You know.
2: Taking a quick break to tell you about our awesome sponsor, betonline.ag, our sponsors here. And they want to remind you that football is back. How could we forget? A couple weeks into the NFL season now, BetOnline remains the number one source for all your football betting needs this season. That's, of course, college as well. You always find all the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at BetOnline. Awesome website. Easy to toggle through the different settings. And no one has more. Uh, your continued source for sports wagering information is Bet Online with live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. I know I'm excited about Syracuse right now. Might lay a bet on them at some point. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. That's MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf all year long. Go to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. You know the code by now, CLNS50. That's CLNS50 when you sign up for 50% back on your first deposit. Put 100 in there, get 50 back. That's how that works. That's CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. I love it. And, and as I said, is I'm trying not to turn this into a
0: controversy, but I know people in the chat already are. Um, you know, the, the Brogdon versus Marcus debate. I do think you're going to have a lot of games where they close tonight. It wasn't really an issue because Jalen was out. um, And so that's what you needed Um, anyway. But, you know, I know people are going to start kind of going there. Um, To me, the answer is both. And to me, the answer is starting doesn't really necessarily matter. Um, I don't think that this is going to be much of a controversy, but I do think people are going to try
1: to make it one. Yeah, I mean that's it happened the moment we found out about Brogdon, right? I mean, it happened when a lot of uh, when when four or five of his new teammates were were shouting him out and saying congrats and, and Marcus took, I don't know, a couple weeks or so. Whatever the case may be, I didn't I never looked that deep into it cuz you know the kind of professional that Brogdon is and they're going to they're going to figure this thing out. I just hope it's not something that is he's constantly asked about. And if it is, I'm sure he'll handle it with professionally, but I mean, look, Marcus is going to have his nights as well. You know, he's also going to have nights like tonight where he didn't look so great, you know, scoring-wise. But that's why you have reinforcements like Malcolm Brogdon to sort of help each other out and become essentially what they were talking about in media day is the best defensive backcourt in the in the NBA. I think that's that's their goal right now. Yeah, and again, the, the rotations are still solid
0: here. Um, and again, without Rob. And I do think, again, just, you know, if you look at... The majority of the league, I mean, somebody put it out there. And again, it's only two games. We get it. We get it. We get it. Someone put it out there earlier, uh, you know, like amazing that they can be playing this well against Rob. That's going to put the league on notice. And again, it's only two games, but these are two of the three top contenders in the East. And it's not even, there's no question about it. Uh, And they're coming at you with everything they've got. Uh, And you're the defending conference champs and they want to beat you in the heat or have you in their own building. And uh, you know, you knocked them out and cost them a trip to the finals last year. Um, And you're playing without, you know, arguably your third best player uh, and one of the most impactful defenders in the league. And you're able to do this. It really is interesting. Cause again, the defense is going to be fine. It's going to hang in there uh, without Rob, but, the offense is on another level than last year. And, and when Rob comes back again, you're going to suffer a little bit offensively, obviously when he's on the court, you don't have the same sort of movement, but I do think if Joe commits to, I I think if Joe doesn't go down that double big path, um, I think things can get really interesting here. Um, Grant Williams, another huge game for him. Uh, Thank you here again. Um, And again, you know, we do appreciate these tips, guys. Don't feel compelled that you have to do it. Uh, we're going to put up comments. Even if you don't tip it, we love it and we do appreciate it. Obviously, it helps us, uh, you know, uh, bring this content to you for free, which is what we always want to do. Uh, and uh, if we get enough uh, super chat tips, we will buy Buck- Bobby a few more bucket hats um, to be able to take <laughs> on the road with him uh, for sure. Cause uh, yeah. that's, that's what it's, that's what it's all about ultimately. Uh, and again, Bobby's in the locker room right now, checking things out. Um, and uh, we'll be joining us in a little bit here. Um, anything else stand out to you
1: from this game, Josue? Um, just the way, they, again, the way they stopped the bleeding and, and just um, the way they, they're playing in transition, right? I mean, whether it's getting buckets in and in, in bunches or just, just putting together the type of runs uh, that can just completely take it out of it. I mean, the Miami Heat fought back. That's what they do. They have players that do that. I mean, that that can put together stuff the way they did, and and Bam Adebayo started getting. He had his rah rah moments when they tied things up, but then it, it got back to what, what what they were doing, right? The Celtics got back to what they were doing, and I think that's a that's a characteristics trait. You know, I know it's early, but that's a that's a great characteristic trait to have in a team uh, this early, and, and especially on the road. You know, against a, against a really good Miami Heat team that, quite frankly. They want to. They want to kill you, right? I mean, after what happened at the game seven, I mean, we talked about, or at least I talked about it with Max on on the on, the, on our podcast, um, having that that target on your back, right? And all these top teams in the East now, all of a sudden, you know, they're not they, they're gonna, they're going to circle that day on the calendar when they're facing you, and you're going to get a team's best effort. And so far, so good. I mean, the Celtics have shown, you know, the type of elite offense that you would you. We weren't quite sure we we're going to see this early, right? Let's be honest. Good good comment here from Darwin. Um, uh, I I do
0: agree. There's no panic right now, uh, which is pretty good. We've seen it in the last two games. You've seen little runs back and forth. Um, You know, how many times – and, again, we have to – we always have to talk about last year's team as, like, uh, you know, a tale of two teams, Um, you know, first half, second half. How many times that first half team – how many times even in the playoffs did you see them um, come to pieces – you know, and not be able to sustain, um, you know, other teams runs or just lose right. their focus and completely come out of games. They haven't done that here again. It's really, the poise in the first two games is really impressive. Um, kind of pulling it together, not getting too frustrated, not trying to do too much, just kind of playing, um, you know, just no panic in them at all, which I think is something that's really, uh, um, you know, evident this year. Um, you know derek white you know i am an asshole um you know i, <laughs> I, I know, know it. i know you
1: i know you appreciated those ten first quarter points man. <laughs> like, oh, man, this guy's on a roll already
0: I'm an asshole, and um that's always gonna happen you know I take my shots um look that's part of it right the the dude's gotta the dude's gotta knock down shots uh, it, it, nobody has any problems with um any of the aspect of his game uh, but he's got to knock down shots um and uh and uh, and this is another one actually Kess, i'll get back to that one in a little bit because i am that that's that's interesting you point that out um guy's got to knock down shots when he does he becomes a much more useful player if he's a total i mean again we've seen you know even if you look at like say like um you know pj tucker out there when teams are playing guys who are just off total offensive liabilities you know what that does to your offense and how it can really lock it down when you had white out there for stretches he couldn't knock down the shots like it's great that he moves well without the ball it's great that he moves it quickly it doesn't stick in his hands it's great that he's a really smart defender and knows where to be um but he's got to knock down some shots and just being able to take because the ball's going to swing, you know, it's coming around to you and that's it, man. You just got to knock him down. There's, we're talking about wide open, oftentimes corner threes. It's one of the easiest shots in basketball for those guys. (laughs) He's got to hit them. And when he does, it's a different ball game. I know it's like pretty simple analysis, but you know, he had a good, he had a quarter and it wasn't just, it wasn't just hitting those shots. He was playing great defense. Um, defense, He was, he was, he was awesome. He was awesome all quarter.
1: Yeah, no, he was, and and I'm with you, John, because it doesn't necessarily have to be that three point shot, too, right? I, I would love to see him open up the the mid range game, you know, have that have that set shot ready because you know those open looks, that, that those are going to be there. I mean, that's the that's the benefit of having this offense that's been clicking you know, on all cylinders it seems like right now, and in the sense of, of everyone moving the ball and looking for the open guy, like he's going to have those open looks, especially in the starting lineup that features Tatum and and, and Brown, you know. And, and you know, someone like Marcus is gonna gonna look for him at times. So yeah, Matt, you know, you want to see him sort of find a rhythm here. And I think I think we're starting to see that a little bit, even though it was only that that one quarter. He seemed like he he just lit it up and then kind of cooled off after that. But yeah, it's something to keep a close eye on for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm glad Sam, you know, Hauser was in here, as, as, got in here as well, and was able to knock down a three and just sort of get get his get his reps in right now and see see what happens within a you know week two or so of the season.
0: Yeah. The um uh Austin also uh thank you buddy thank you I appreciate it. Uh, Austin, will they be cautious will, will they be cautious with Rob? Um I don't absolutely. I don't think winning or losing matters with Rob at this point. I think it's all like meaning I don't think if the team was at 500 you know, which I don't think they'll be, Um, you know, heading into January or 15 games over 500. It affects them. Uh, They're playing the long game with Rob at this point. So I think they wait. I think they wait. uh, There's nothing to be gained. It's not the playoffs. You're not rushing him back. There's Rob Williams does not see the court until he is like 10,000% ready and in good enough shape. And then I think he ramps up really slowly. There's nothing to be gained. And then even then, I think you're looking at managed minutes in the early going as well. I think everything possible here with Rob. And also I don't even know what he may be on like some sort of regimen where they're insisting that he only play X amount and, you know, he might be on a minutes restriction coming out of the gate. That wouldn't be shocking either. They're going to absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, take it, take it really slow here. Um, Kess, I lost your comment, but I wanted to talk about it. One of the things, uh, you know, Kess threw out there was, um, the team hitting the next level. What's it going to take? And this is something we always talked about, you know, if Tatum and Brown were, um, like the 15th best and the 25th best player in the NBA, what would it take for the Celtics just with this core to be able to be a championship contender year in year out? It's if they both get into kind of close to top 10 status or Tatum becomes a top 10 guy and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Brown somehow sneaks into, um, five, you know, or 15 mm-hmm. or something like that. It's right. happening. We're watching yeah. it happen right now. Like yeah. I, one game in and like the entire NBA media completely just decided, um, these guys are, uh, this is a top duo in the NBA.
1: Yeah, for sure. No question. I mean, look, that's what happens when you you put on you know, 70 points between the two of you in game one of the of the regular season. I mean, that hasn't happened since 1969 with the Lakers. I mean, that's the that's the kind of production that I, I think people were over, overlooking going into this season, right? Like, how are they going to respond from the loss against the finals? A lot of, you know, Tatum's been talking about it recently. Just the fact that he knew – after their game, that the Warriors will be receiving their rings. So it's something that I mean, that's a that's a superstar mindset right there. That's someone who's trying to take his game to another level, but mentally and and it's it's showing on the court in all facets, right? I mean, I think you said it right in the group chat during game one. Like this is like he is he is killing it in every single statistical category, whatever you want to call it, whatever he needed to do, he's doing it right now. And I think that that carried over into game two as well. You know, when the Celtics really needed him to to sort of. Take things into his own hands. He did, but he didn't do it in a way that that wasn't beneficial for everyone else. And I think Jalen's doing the exact same from the from the very first preseason game. You've seen that carry over. So yeah. I'm leaving
0: yeah. this comment up here. Uh, Bobby picked the Heat to win. He's a bum, uh, and we're gonna bring in Bobby right now and have
1: him defend that pick. What
2: I didn't. Up, buddy? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't pick the Heat that's a lie I picked the no. Sixers on opening night I had the Celtics no no
1: he's talking about after if I had to guess DC oh. you're talking about when the Celtics were down 3-2 in the series you're like this thing's over so.
2: no the Celtics were up 3-2 that I series. mean no not up right? 3-2 no when they
1: um, when did you flip flop after they lost I don't the know what was... he saw
2: that guy's talking nonsense
1: the last you loss... did, you, you flip flopped every game of the Heat series it yeah, was, was, no, but yeah, the last the it. last loss, the last Celtics loss, you you were like, I don't think they're going to come out of this one. I forget if that was, was it five or that six? That was the
2: Buck series. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's it doesn't pass. matter.
0: Bobby, what are your takeaways in this one? Again, um, you know, it wasn't as clean a win as Philly, um, you know, start to but finish. That's a for- good thing, right? It's a good thing because they won a little ugly. They got out of sorts at times and they brought it back together. They kept their composure. I thought Tatum and Brown at times forced the issue, whereas in game one I think everything just came to them very easily, very naturally, nothing felt forced. But sometimes, a, a couple of times it worked, and a couple of times it's what they needed. Brogdon didn't have a great statistical line, but his ability to pace in space was really, really valuable, particularly in the third quarter. Um, they got useful minutes out of Vonley and uh, Hauser. I mean, it was a great all- – all around win without them really playing necessarily their best or cleanest basketball.
2: Yeah, and they're going to have to do that on certain nights. The offense wasn't there early and they just found ways to break around Miami's defense with uh, with some good passing at times, some good movement, and then especially great defense turning into offense. I thought the defense after the offense went on opening night, the defense was excellent here in this one and smothering on the perimeter how many shots did they block on jump shooters uh around the rim i thought they played well they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds which is i think something we're going to expect them to do here but this is a team i think that's just going to figure out
0: you blocked 11 shots without rob williams you blocked 11 shots in this game you know yeah Derek White had three blocks, and we've talked about this before, Bobby. He's one of the best. This is something. This is right out of the Bobby Manning, uh, Derek White, you know, handbook. He's one of the best shot blocking guards uh, in the NBA. He blocked three shots today. It was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and I thought Smart got around those Bam screens well. That play in the third where he got him into foul trouble was ginormous, and Bam kind of got in his own head over that play, he picks up a technical, and boom, it was all Celtics from that point on. Uh, so defensively, they were sharp. They're still figuring it out, too, on that end with Brogdon and some of these new guys like Bond, who I thought gave them some good first half minutes, eh, second half minutes. Uh, but Horford gave them what they needed, essentially, at that center spot in this one. And like my overall thought is just that this team looks like they're just going to figure it out night in, night out. Like They're better than most teams. This team that they're not as much of a sure bet over, they make enough plays and are deeper than. And that's crazy to think, right? They're deeper and have a better bench unit than this Miami team that was, I thought, had some of the best depth in the NBA last year. But now you have Brogdon, you have Bonley giving you some minutes, and Hauser giving you a few threes that were crucial. Like the Celtics just have a lot of answers this year. And it feels like they have a style to beat every team. I know Joe Missoula keeps talking about that, but the more I watch this team early this season, they're going to win a ton of games. Like, I just think they have answers for pretty much every opponent they're going to play against there.
0: Well, that's the thing is like, I mean, again, what, what's the, uh, the benefit of having um a you know a a lineup one through let's say 7 right now one through 8 when you have rob in there of such versatile people who can do so many different things and play a lot of different styles is you don't even have to change your personnel to play different styles um here though you make a tweak or two if you need to uh and you you know this was a game where you could uh create a little more space by getting hauser out there and feeling that he could Uh, handle himself on defense against, uh, you know, the people who was on the court against uh, there. I think that's nice when you can do that. I do think there's going to be opportunities for Pritchard, even though he is a little bit buried right now, Um, you know, uh, you know, Vonley giving you minutes, but I mean, the bottom line is the core seven core eight of this team can play a lot of different styles and a lot of different opponents and uh, you know, change the way that they attack you um, depending on uh, who's out there. I mean, You know, I love, I mean, Van Gundy, I remember it from the Heat series last year. He's always obsessed with the Celtics. Like how much, especially Celtics versus Heat. He's like, look at how big they are and how small Miami is here. And it's just always the case. You're big, but you're athletic and you can shoot and you can space and you can switch and you can do this many things. It really is a problem.
2: Yeah. And I don't love Miami this year. I I don't. So I think you're still waiting for that first big test. Billy didn't play good on opening night. I don't. I thought the Heat were wretched in this one at certain times, like that Deadman stretch after Bam went out with five Why was Deadman launching a three and shooting a yeah, fadeaway that after weird. that? And then weird. how many pull up threes did Lowry take when those just weren't there for him? Butler I, disappeared. Like, Butler I did look interested in a
0: weird way. You're right, Bobby. You mentioned that in our chat. Butler looked off. There's plays where he just kind of gave up on the play a few times. He looked checked out. Yeah,
1: some of the plays, yeah. yeah.
0: He looked checked out. I remember one where the one Tatum went up and under, and then he grabbed the rebound, and Butler just watched him go right back up with it. There was a couple of times like that. Uh, uh, To Lowry's credit, he looks like he dropped about 25 pounds, so he looks a little bit better um, than last year. He looked dreadful last year.
2: Yeah, still, the shot-making's not there for him. It's He's not just there. not the same guy. And then He's Max Struess, no show. You have Hero, and I don't think Hero got the ball enough. He was killing them around those around those screens. He disappeared.
0: And, he didn't have a yeah. bucket for like a tw- like a 20-minute stretch there.
2: What do you have one in the fourth quarter, maybe? Yeah, that's so. it. He
0: had early third and then nothing again until somewhere in the middle of the fourth. He just completely disappeared.
2: So, you know, I think when you look back on this game, I think the Celtics probably deserved to win, but Few bounces, few bad possessions by Miami where they took bad shots. I, I think this one probably could have been closer or gone a different way. And th- there were a lot of shots that the Celtics put up that were pretty poor cool where they got their own offensive rebounds, too. So this wasn't a perfect win by any means. I think the Heat opened the door for them in many different situations that second half, especially where Bam's sitting for that whole third quarter. Uh, But you you get credit. You you make enough plays, you come out of it, you defend, you make enough shots. Tatum had nice shots in the second half. You deserve this one, but I think there is a world where you lose this game if Bam's not in foul trouble. uh, But that's what's different. But
0: that's what's different, right? Uh, And again, it's hard to put it, you know, don't want to be like, you know, it's hard to describe it in a tangible way but already after two games you know like last year we had so many so many times where we're like they're looking around for somebody to take charge for somebody to calm this down for somebody to stop the bleeding for somebody to uh lead them out of you know when they just go dead scoreless for 6 minutes or whatever and you had one stretch i think it was 343 where they went scoreless there um in the third quarter but um they're 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 responding to that a lot differently and again it's only two games they're responding to that a lot differently than they did it a lot of times last year
2: right. and once again let's talk about that guy Brogden, right Josue. he comes in yes, that third dude he's just making stuff happen
1: they needed him in the finals bobby That's what that, that was the missing piece they needed someone like that just to sort of tame everyone's emotions or you know just the way that, that they used to john and i talked about it before you hopped on like there were so many times where they just the offense would just go ice cold, and they just needed someone to just sort of ease that block. And that's what Malcolm Brogdon does with this team. And he can finish the games for you if you need to. And look, we still haven't seen what this team's going to do when they're when it's down to the wire and their they're, they're battle to tested all the way to the end. But it's a good problem to have this, you know, up until this point, because these are two top-notch teams in these that they've already faced. We'll see what happens yeah. tomorrow in the window, and then they have another team. That a lot of people have been excited about going into going into the season. That's the Chicago Bulls. So these are great tests for the Celtics right now. I love that two of them are on the road, and 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 so far, um, they're, they're passing with flying colors. You know, the first week of the regular season. All right, real quick, we yeah. wanted to hold on, Bobby. Before we get into that,
0: um, I do Maybe want bills? to. Uh, we got to pay some bills. Um. So hold on one second. Oh, we got a we twitch. To... Oh yeah, that was. A oh, accident. we got a
1: few, Bobby. It's
0: been uh, good. Um want to tell you guys about, uh, our sponsor athletic greens by now, everybody should know all about AG one. Uh, and I, I I'm going to say this again, and I, am not saying it just to say it. I'm saying it because, um, it's happening. Uh, quite a few of you have purchased this and so far their turns are good. Uh, last show, I got three, four DMS almost right after the show. People who did, um, grab themselves, um, athletic greens and you, Guys, tell me how you like it. Uh, it's something all of us use uh, on the show. We started using it because uh wanted all of the benefits, the gut health, uh, more energy, the optimized immune system, all of that stuff. But basically, it's, it's just easy. That's the best part about it is rather than take this pill for that and this for that and drink this for that, it's just right there. Uh, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals It's just one scoop, uh, in a cup of water and you're done. That's it. You've taken care of your health for the day. It's diet friendly. There's no sugar. Um, you can basically, it doesn't matter what you're on gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, paleo. Uh, it works there. It's basically three bucks a day and that's it and you're done as opposed to, as I said, having to shop around and get a million different pills and supplements, um, to try to take care of all the various things that you're trying to, you know, uh, do for your body. Um, 7,000, five-star reviews recommended by athletes, health experts, all of that stuff. So again, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, one scoop in a cup of water every day, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. If you use that, um, uh, url there athleticgreens.com slash garden uh once again athleticgreens.com slash garden go there um and you'll get a free one-year supply of uh vitamin d and five free travel packs we are also i swear sending out these phenomenal t-shirts this is not the design it's been redesigned it's been redesigned and it's coming out um and that is that so again uh support our sponsor Uh, And you will get a T-shirt. Just DM me uh, with your receipt, your shirt size, your address, and we will send it right out for you. Um, And as we said, anybody here wants to uh, get involved with the Super Chat, we're not going to stop you. But by all means, guys, don't feel pressured to do so. Um, All proceeds go towards buying Bobby some new bucket hats. Um,
2: (laughs) Me a new one. I'm getting bored of this one. Yeah, the yeah. thing is,
1: uh, it's it's beyond off-white at this point, right? It's a little dirty, so get rid yeah, of Free, it. you get
0: a you get a free pink hat. This is my <laughs> this is this is my pink hat for all of you out there. So leave it alone, okay? It's my it's uh, my girl da- it's my girl dad hat. Um, so yeah, Bobby, you were about to get in on something. I apologize, I cut
1: you off.
2: I, I want to keep going on Brogdon because I feel like what we've seen from him so far isn't even what the best version of him is going to look like. He, he's still getting yes. acclimated to this defense. Saying,
1: yeah. he,
2: he's, he, he was talking in the locker room just a few minutes ago about how like this is a really complicated system with all the switching and everything that he's still getting used to in that sense. And then offensively, he, he hasn't had the ball in his hands a ton. I feel like it's, it was mostly smart tonight. I feel like leading the show. They get the ball in his hands to make a quick decision going downhill, and he's great at that. Like, they're getting him the ball in between and allowing them to make some quick decisions in there. And then the shot-making, I think, is going to improve as well. You see they're two for nine. So this is a good game from him where he's just doing little things to help break open that offense, just like Joe Sway was saying. Like, when they would stall in the playoffs, imagine if they had a guy who would get point-blank to the rim, miss, but grab his own shot and then fire it around and get Grant the huge three and that pretty much iced the game that third uh, second chance point he created so that third quarter I thought even though the stats don't look good out of this one even though this wasn't his best game he just made so much happen
1: he, 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 yeah and again, I was saying um, <clears throat> go ahead, no, just real quick uh, before, before you hopped on um, he's in a different mindset like like you said he's also he's trying to figure out the system he's trying to blend in he's trying to make sure that he can you know enhance the offense by making other guys their jobs easier right I don't think we've seen that Brogdon of when he was with the Bucks or Pacers where he was having to not necessarily having to be one of those top guys to score but that was part of his job right to score and 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 to put up points in in tough spots when the other guys shots weren't falling in this case it could be Tatum and Brown but I don't think he's even approached that yet you know that stage where he's going to Feel that like we, when we're going to see those big nights where he has you know twenty plus points and he's on a tear and he's averaging you know twenty points in the last two weeks or so. Like I still think that's that's still part of his his game as well. So I, it's it's all going to benefit the Celtics in a big way, and which is why I just think a lot of people are talking about in the offseason how it, it's one of the top moves. This might be the biggest trade, at least for the Eastern Conference that we're talking about in the sense of how it impacts this team. Like that's how big this trade was, and and you, and you think about what the Celtics gave up. I mean. You could say this is Brad Stevens' best move. I know it's a little too early. He's he's only played two games here, but it could go down as his best move, which was probably second to to Al Horford trade when when he first got the job.
2: Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. You look back on it, and it's like three contracts, heist, who maybe they could use right now, but not really. And Lee Lee Smith. Who is struggling, as John keeps pointing out on Twitter, in in, in Indiana? And then yeah. you throw in a first. Yeah, they, yeah, they threw in, the <laughs> in
1: a
0: You a 1st pick. <laughs> it wasn't a victory lap. It was just interesting, actually. No,
1: it was a low-key <laughs> victory lap, and I appreciate.
2: No, it because, because I mean, me tonight, much, tonight, tonight Richardson the had two. T-
1: you threw the Bruno stat line like a ball. these Bruno people. Was
0: oh, Bruno
2: was
1: good, and somebody Bruno told me
0: Bol, Bol Bol had <laughs> ten points or something. Oh
2: my God, Bol Bol had this like layup where he went from the three-point line and just spun his body around, laid it in reverse. He looked yeah. great.
0: Yeah. So, um, no, no, no. It wasn't a full victory lap. Neesmith, for what it's worth, is playing minutes. He got another 20 minutes again tonight. I think nine points or so. Richardson had 24 points. Romeo, oh man. I mean, oh man. He is in... Did you see the final score of the San Antonio Indiana game? No. 137 to 134 in regulation, in regulation? Pacers put up 49 points to make it a three-point game in the fourth 49 point fourth quarter shit unreal I mean, just a ridiculous game, um, you know, and they went like 12 deep on their team, but Niesmith's playing some minutes there. Romeo did not see the floor, did not see the floor. Jay Ridge yeah, had 27 I'm off good. the bench, six of eight from Ooh. three. A lot of people are talking about getting Richardson back here. I'll, I'm on board. If you find a way to make that happen, sure, why not?
2: Yeah, they trade him at the deadline, right, though? So he you can't say, get we'll a guy back for a, a year. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't
0: think that's in the cards. But no, the Horford, the the Brogdon trade, what's so funny is like mm-hmm. it was like the publicity behind it was like it was the low key best move of the offseason. What do you mean yeah. low key? It was Why such a huge exactly. deal for them. Right. Like something they needed so badly uh, that they got. And I'm, yes, Sherrod made it. Sherrod, we had some technical hey, difficulties, but I think Sherrod. he's good. What's, what's up, good? buddy? Can't hear you right now. Check the mic real quick. Um, Sherrod is in Miami. Like oh. I like it. I like it. I like what's going on there. Still don't have you. No, but I'm confident. Yeah. I'm confident it'll happen for you. Um, but why? We were talking about Malcolm Brogdon. Why low key guys? I mean, again, this is right. this is such a huge need. I mean, and again, this is not meant to be a knock on Marcus. I have to say this preemptively so people don't jump all over me in the chat. But the reality is – It's different. It's not a matter of different. It's not a knock on Marcus to say what he's not – what he didn't do or what he couldn't do last year. We spent all of this time with people. Every time he'd get a nice assist and he had a beautiful uh, no-look bounce pass, was it to – um Tatum cutting baseline for a dunk or Jalen tonight. Yeah, he can make some really nice passes. Uh, he, you know, he has good court vision. It's not like he's inept, but playmaking and being a point guard is about more than making the occasional pass. It is the the the, the point guards who can score and who are an offensive threat completely um, change the flow and the dynamic of what's going on there. Uh, And that's what Brogdon can do because he is a threat to score at all times. He's aggressive going to the basket. He's not afraid to take his shot. Um, And and he can also distribute. It's a package deal. Scoring is an important part of being a point guard. It is. You have to be able to do it. You have to be a threat to do it in order to draw some attention to you. And that's what frees people up. And that's what creates space. I don't know why that was such a controversial thing to say, because every time you'd say they need more playmaking at the point guard position, people get so upset that it was a knock on Marcus. It's not. It's just not his game. It's not. He's never been that guy. Why would you expect him to be that guy? He was well, a I mean, capable you know. point guard given what else they had on the roster. But you see a guy like Brogdon, it opens up a lot of possibilities
1: didn't exist last year. Yeah. But you know, the, 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 Marcus smart fan club. I mean, that was it, you know, that narrative started immediately and I never looked at it as that as you had to pick an option. I mean, you had to pick one of those guys. I looked at them as playing together. Maybe it's not starting that they were going to finish most games together. And I just think that here's uh, an I, example of it. This is a perfect example.
0: You take a snapshot of something that he does and, and like, oh, look, you're saying he can't. Of course, he can score some. But it, right. overall, he's a very inefficient scorer. He's got a very low shooting percentage. He's just, he's not great at the rim. He's not great from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. He's not a great scorer. He does a million other things for you. And he was the yeah. only guy capable of scoring for them or of running the point for them last year. There's no
1: question. Right. None of those things are a question. But sorry, go yeah. ahead. Absolutely. No, no, you're right. You're you're spot on. And also, if you're Brad Stevens, you're like, man, these guys are going to enhance one another. Right. And and Brockton, again, for his experience, for who he is as a player, his reputation, like a locker room guy, easy go guy who puts the team first before his own personal needs. And that's exactly what. And look, you talk about the defense and and him trying to get familiar with the switching. I can't think of another guy who could come in here, you know, at least from the backboard, a guard that could come in here and be this effective without overshadowing guys like Tatum and Brown. So yeah, I, I never understood this whole like, oh, this is low key, one of the better moves of the offseason. No, this might this is probably the best move, especially for teams in the east, especially for a team that this could be the piece that, that turns them into champions, you know, coming coming uh, you know, this upcoming June or next year, next June.
0: Yeah. Sherrod, how are we doing there? Doesn't sound very soundy. I, Bobby, I don't yeah. know what happened to you, my man. I'm seeing like nothing here.
1: I thought I heard. I thought I heard background noise from Sharad, but it was. No, I got nothing from Sharad
0: right now. Sherrod, check your settings here and just make sure that your audio is on whatever uh, input that you have there. Um, But yes, Brogdon adds another dimension, didn't really exist last year. Um, And right now it's been, that's been one of the more, in addition to the Jays overall uh, uh, maturity, uh, and just the way that they're playing and really, really confidently and letting the game come to them is two of the more striking things. I think Brogdon is the other thing that really stands out uh, as an automatic difference
1: It jumps off the page. It does. It does. And I think I think, um, just from the first few preseason games, we, we got a sense of that. Like, whoa, look at this team. I mean, yeah, these guys came back in the finals. The main guys like, like Tatum and Brown and Horford, they look great. You know, of like you could tell they've been working out and stuff over the summer, but you just saw the difference this guy makes, the missing piece that this team needed last season because 90% of these guys are back from last season, and, and you see how he was able to fit in and, and enhance everyone, you know, just from the fr- those first three tune-up games, the preseason yeah. games. And now Good. here we are in the first two games of the season.
0: Good point here, Dirk. I agree. Grant 2.0 is nice. You saw this stuff in the preseason when he started. Yeah. Grant started pulling out the hezy, you know, uh, and he's just, he's, he's dry. He's driving the basket, um, stuff you didn't really see from him last year, you know, gone are the days where he's just camped out in the corner. Um, yeah. he is trying to affect, um, the offense, uh, and attack, uh, in, in ways that he wasn't before. Um, his defense has been outstanding again. I mean, he, he he's, you know, he's a really important player for them. There's no question about it. Um, we are yeah. trying to work this out. Bobby, I don't know what I'm looking at, my man. I'm just looking at like this, like it looks like a manila folder or something. Uh come back when you're ready to come back. Hey, thank you very much. We got a super chat in here. Oh, what well, um, we got Devin. Yeah, I saw that right when we when the show started. I was like, whoa, they didn't mean did to Did you that. guys see Utah beat Minnesota?
1: I yes, saw that. we did. Yeah. Not just beat them, they drilled them. <laughs> well, at least at least that one went to overtime. That was around this that was a similar score to the to the um the, the game you were just talking oh about. sorry they Can't were up off.
0: uh they were They're up bi- I'm sorry who did they beat on the first night oh Denver Jesus <laughs> I saw they beat Minnesota I thought you yeah. meant Denver they drilled Denver who and then I have went, Minnesota
1: won Minnesota won tonight.
0: And, and uh, Utah beat Minnesota tonight. Utah's 2-0. I mean, Utah Utah yeah. yeah. Uh, Denver's like my sneaky finals pick. Not too sneaky. I think they're a pretty fashionable pick if you don't want to take yeah, Golden State. Tough. There's the Clippers, and then I like Denver in there coming back healthy for the first time ever and getting uh, Jokic some help. But, yeah, Utah, holy wow, right? Um, you know, 2-0, and o, you know, with 40 first-round draft picks next
1: year, you know? Yeah. I think um, messing around. Dan's going to... Trade a couple more pieces, they better, yeah. Better relax, right? Right, right. Take it easy, take it easy. Here, <laughs> we don't do that. Here, right? that Wemby <laughs> sweeps <really>? sweepstakes, right? <laughs> especially when exactly, especially when you have the, the biggest prospects since LeBron James coming up. He's like, Do you guys really want to screw up my dream? This is my dream, okay? It didn't work in 07, you know, it sort of worked with Tatum, but we had to do, you know, we had to trade. He hasn't grabbed that clear cut, the absolute best person in the draft. You know, I think he's I think he wants to check that off his bucket list.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I really don't know what I'm looking at with. uh, With uh, Sherrod and Bobby's uh, screens right now. Um, So, guys, when you're ready to come back, you guys just text me because I have no idea what's happening over there. Um,
1: So what's new with you, John? What's going on in life? <laughs> while we wait my ch-
0: my children are killing me they're killing me
1: <laughs> is that right yeah but that's is what it like this because of the, the beginning of the school year is that what it is or is just in general
0: no they're just assholes <laughs> no they're great they're just four I get they're, I We're just I kids the, right they're kids. four-year-old <laughs> twins what do, you, what do you what do you want from me um <laughs> you know they're 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 tough um Back to backs tomorrow. I don't know. You, you think there's a chance we? I, I'm kind of psyched. Uh, you get to see Paolo. Um, you yeah. know he's been he's been great through two games. Um, he had a
1: great debut too. Yeah,
0: he's great. He was good again tonight. Uh, I wonder if you might give
1: uh, Horford a rest. Well, he was, um, or um, Joe Mazzulla was asked about it before the game, and they said no. But I mean, we've seen that happen before. Um, you know, the, the, tomorrow morning they decide. I oh, you know, I want to take the night off, but. Um, I like to see him out there. Maybe not, maybe look, keep, keep, uh, his minutes monitored a bit, but what do he do tonight? He, he hit 30. No,
0: he had 20 tonight, 24. uh, 27 the night before, but it, you know, he had those numbers had like the first, nights. first twenty-five-five-five 5 since LeBron's debut, which I remember watching like with my mouth, a Um, <laughs> I, it's such a LeBron obsession. Um, yeah. you know, that year when they televised every one of his high school games and, uh, you know, he just came out there and just looked every bit the part. Um, thank you I'm again, Remy. That, here, uh, super chat. Tatum and Brown not playing not good.
1: Game. I guess the, the the Kings man, all the media around him. I was like, whoa.
0: This is a good point, and we'll eat this one. You're right. You had too many games last year where it was either Tatum or Brown, and not only games, you had too many moments where it was the Tatum quarter and the Brown quarter, and the Tatum quarter is a Brown quarter, and this is a pretty good observation here, I'd say. Uh, They are playing well at the same time a lot, and, in fact, night one, actually, Tatum came out hot and Brown wasn't, Uh, but Brown was still playing well. They both played well almost the entirety of both games, obviously with some, you know, hiccups along the way. Uh But you're right. It is, um, you know, it, it's, they're both, it's not, there were times last year, uh, certainly with Jalen, maybe even more so than more so than Tatum, where either Tatum would get hot or Tatum would try to find his stroke. And you would forget Jalen Brown existed. Literally. Yeah. It was like, he wasn't even on the court for huge stretches, just standing off in the corner not involved in any of the action nothing would happen it's like and not only you wouldn't score from the first quarter on he almost like he barely touched the ball uh at times that's not happening
1: this year right and, and I think um the, the NBA finals has a lot to do with that I just think he sort of he sort of surprised himself in a way honestly like he like, sure it wasn't the result that everyone wanted but um he was able to find a stride throughout and coexist next to next to Tatum I mean people would argue that you know, it was there wasn't that much of a difference, and sure, maybe they're they're right in some regard, but I just think for a confidence standpoint, I think Jalen needed that. You know, he needed to 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 um, to go through that to to realize that they can coexist and 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 take things to another level as a cohesive unit. I mean, that was sort of the whole point, right? That's what everyone envisioned, but you never got that. That was never the narrative throughout the postseason last year, right? It was always like, oh yeah, these two can they can they can play with one another, right? They can. They can coexist with one another, but it wasn't like oh they they make each other better. Like no one was saying that. And maybe this year we'll reach that point. But just the fact that you don't you're not seeing those games where Jalen has like you know 19 points in the first half and then he finishes with 25 at the end. You know I I think he's um they're picking their spots and they're working together. I don't think he, I don't think he's necessarily checked out offensively like he, it seemed like he used to do a lot last year. Yeah. uh, It looks like Bobby's trying to set up. So we'll try to work him back in. We're
0: going to hang with you guys for a little bit longer um, because there's still a lot to talk about. We can talk a little bit about tomorrow's game as well, but haven't really given Bobby and Sherrod a chance to chime in. And they were the ones who were down there. um, And I definitely want to get their take on things. I do want to talk about another one of our sponsors. And again, uh, this one is one of our um, most reliable, most, hey, Bobby, uh, uh, sponsors, uh, that we've had for a really long time. Um, and we want to keep it that way and we need your help with that as well. So, um, if you guys are interested in this, this is calm, um, which again, uh, something everybody here on the garden report uses, uh, when you think about self-care, what comes to mind for me, it's just finding time to slow down my busy schedule and and chill and it's really really hard to do for those of you guys who are super super busy and that's one of the reasons i use the calm app um we've partnered with calm it's the number one mental wellness app gives you the tools to help you improve the way you feel and again you probably have an idea what the gist of it is um it's a, a way to reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations uh improve your focus through curated music tracks um rest and recharge uh, through comms imaginative sleep story for children and adults. Jimmy loves the kids stories. Jimmy loves them. Um, even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. So go to calmcom slash garden right now. You get a ridiculous deal, 40% off for a premium subscription. That's the entire catalog of everything you could possibly have. It's constantly updated over a hundred million people around the world use it. So again, uh, it, it works for all of us. It's something we use nightly, uh, and we love it. So again, com.com slash garden, comcom slash garden, 40% off unlimited access to comms, entire catalog, uh, of, of all of those things that we mentioned there. com.com slash garden. Josue,
1: what are you smiling about? People cracking me up in the comment section, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just random. It, yeah. I, the thing so, I love about our viewers is that like, there's a certain point of the show where it's not just about the game. It's just about whatever comes to their mind. And it's mostly NBA-related, but it's, it's, these comments crack me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, check it out if you if you want. Same exact deal applies, by the way. You do that, you get a phenomenal T-shirt. I'd put up right, the old dude. one. Get some I should have a picture of the new one, but they didn't send it to me. But there is a new design coming, but there it is. You get a phenomenal T-shirt. So, yeah, do that. Send it. Bobby! We're back. Bobby, what do you got for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, right.
2: Just Tatum. Well, I, I missed Jalen, but Jason was talking about um, the defensive effort the team made tonight. And again, I, I'm pretty impressed by his boys and a lot of these post game pressers now. They sound like a leader, praising Sam Hauser for working his ass off during the summer. And you know all the different guys stepping up, Rog didn't make like, any. He just goes down the line and gives everybody their due credit. And you know, I know Nick loves to talk about, like, his boys at the podium and stuff like that, and you roll your eyes at it sometimes because, like, all right, just media relations, stuff we care about. But, like, he just generally seems to have a voice to him this year that he hasn't in past years, and it stands out to me.
0: Well, this is what bugs me a lot of, uh, with, with this conversation is everyone likes to call it a media-driven narrative, and then the players themselves admit to it being a thing um and a thing that they worked on and then they considered and everyone forgets that they just trashed the media and fa- and fans out there who were trying to stir something up <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a leader when you're expected to be a leader. There's nothing wrong with being vocal. There's nothing wrong with uh, improving your overall demeanor and body language. It's kind of part of the job. It wasn't really controversial to say that Jason Tatum has to stop sulking and pouting and he's got to step up and he's got to have a larger voice on this team because he's the freaking man. He's in a first-team All-NBA. You can't just recede to the background when you have you know great power, great responsibility and all that. It's true, and he said it in an interview recently recently which is like I kind of heard y'all's criticism about this stuff mm-hmm. and I do think I need to be a little bit better. On top of that, talking about criticism, his yeah, complaining after his complaining after two games is way down. Um maybe one, you know, he's gone at the refs a little bit uh but not nearly the same as last year where it was literally on mm-hmm. almost every trip to the basket.
2: It was funny, though, in that first game. He still got a tech. You know, on a play that actually got overturned. It was funny you uh, couldn't get the tech back on that one, too. And but.
0: Grant had a much more demonstrative reaction. He's hopping up and down, <laughs> screaming. And Tatum was just like, come on, just, man. And he got no, the tech. Warford, the tech yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he matured. I, uh, Bobby, I said I said this in our text thread. Um, I can't get my mind off this guy. Oh, because, you know
2: what, though?
0: Sorry, go ahead. What's that? No what? I'm I I I, I you, again I'm an asshole I'm a big critic because well, you but... have you have huge expectations <laughs> for You have huge expectations for him and I couldn't stop thinking about him, um, you know, after game one, he looked like he matured like five years in one off season. He just looked like a different player to me in terms of just poise, not reacting to anything, not rushing anything, um, just everything together. He, like I said, he played a near perfect game in the first game. And again, he fought through some stuff today uh, and played again, uh, you know, an outstanding game. And again, you have to, that's the difference between last year He would have ugly games and be an actual detriment to the team. You know, tonight, maybe he's not hitting his threes. He's forcing a couple shots. He's turning the ball over, trying to do too much at times. And he still has a 29-point game and plays phenomenal defense. You know, you have to, when you're Jason Tatum, you have to impact every game all the time. All the All right. time. You can have some bad shooting nights. You can have some games where it's not perfect, but you have to constantly be impacting the game. He had about, if you go through his box scores last year, and I mean, not just box scores, we watched these games. He had about 20 duds out of 80 games or 76 games, however many he ended up playing. Absolute zeros where he was just brutal, um, you know, for, 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 for almost the entire game. He just can't have those. And like, again, it just looks like that's not coming for him this year.
2: Let's go back to our Maybe. prediction or some of our predictions. Brown keeping pace with them too, point Brown's wise, been, and again, that, yeah. was, that wasn't about a competition or anything like that or who's better. It was just about guys falling into their roles. Tatum is getting it done, scoring and facilitating, while setting up a guy like Jalen for his own too, which is
0: great. And Brown's doing less of the. Again, we're talking about a very small sample size. Yeah. Brown. Um, his drives, uh, very decisive. He's not kind of getting lost, just getting into the paint, jumping up, you know, uh, for everything again, just every, it just, they've just both been more decisive and not, and, and they're just not forcing the issue.
1: Right. And I think that's, that's the only part of his game or Tatum's game that we were sort of like, when is he going to just stop doing that? The whole, you know, playing to the reps and sulking, doing the, you know, that teaching moment in the preseason, we said, look, we don't want to see that into going into the regular season. And you saw someone that in, in, in some regards say, people say, oh, they do it all the time. And Tatum's trying to be, he's just a superstar just like everybody else. Well, guess what? That superstar it was a few nights ago. And, and Luka Doncic, you guys see that what happened towards the end of that game? The, the, the Phoenix Suns are making a big comeback. He throws his arm. He, he starts throwing his, his hissy fit. He got hit with the technical foul. That was a big one, a huge one. He's, he's worse time. than Tatum. I mean, he's. I mean, he led the right. league in Tech
0: last year, that's, I think.
1: That's a great example for the NBA because, look, it's not just Tatum, you know, or, or not just, oh, Tatum is just trying to he, – he's he's just becoming the the superstars, and that's what superstars do, right? That was the narrative. Oh, LeBron did it. You know, Kobe did it. Michael did it. On and on and on. Well, the refs, just, they're fed up with that. And, and I think it's, it's not just about – Tatum's reputation. It's about everyone that's doing it, and Luca Luca got the, got the 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 burn end of that as well. So I I think that's a part of this game. If this game that we'll have, we'll we'll always keep an eye on, and, and he'll have to make sure that he's not doing that in, in key key spots. You know, at the end of the game. Yeah, there's a difference between complaining and showing people up, and I think the
0: showing up is what bo- what 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 sometimes happens. It's is this this and that?
1: Luca yeah, Luca you know, dismiss- will he'll he'll cuss a referee out even though it's. 20 feet in between but it's like hey like you i saw him do it
2: I saw, I saw him do it once tonight on a drive hands up but then he turned and went back it, it was pretty quick and to the point
1: he's got to shake it out you know it's a it's got he's got a it's such a habit he's gotta he's trying to he's yeah. trying to cut it out so
2: as long as it's not leading to technicals ideally and injections and Breakdowns and transition defense. That's going to be the most important three things in terms of complaining because that's where it killed them last year. Uh, I do have one interesting thing to ask you guys. So, uh, from Joe off this one, whoa, whoa, what do whoa. you think of him being?
1: No, no, this guy comment real quick. Uh, that was Max that wanted Brown traded. That was not Josh or Josh Sway, as you wrote it.
2: That was just Max. Josh
1: Sway. <laughs> <Joe. laughs> but go ahead, sorry. Uh,
2: What do you guys think of Joe? not really calling timeouts during the heat runs in, in this game. And he's saying just to let these guys figure it out. I know some people were mad about it on, on Twitter, but I found that to be one of his first definitive statements as a coach is that I'm going to let these guys play. I'm not going to reel them in with a timeout. If the other team's going on a run,
0: I never like it. Not my thing. I, I I'm a, I'm a calm them down guy. Um, I don't see much benefit. (laughs) You don't need a hundred timeouts for the end of the game. I think anytime, if you have a double digit lead or you're in control of a game and you feel the tide turning, I'm a, I I'm, I'm always in favor of the quick timeout. Just calm them down for a second. I, it doesn't matter who it is. I always like doing it. So I I don't, I I, I've never liked to let them play philosophy. Sometimes they just need a pause, you know, and you can feel it coming and you have to, it's, you know, it's an ounce of prevention, pound of cure sort of thing. Don't call it after they went on the 9-0 run. Call it when you sniff one coming. That, I, yeah, I, think that that's, yeah. I think that that's something every coach has to learn. What's so funny, uh, the Heat went on a 7-0 run. The Heat went on a 7-0 run, and uh, Joe didn't call timeout. Then Tatum finally got a bucket, um, and and uh, Spolster called the timeout. He's like, nope, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to let them take another lead again. Spolster sure. called a timeout on a 2-0 Boston run after Joe had just let them, uh, you know, get seven or nine points uh, unanswered. And I think that that's smart. So that that's my takeaway there. I don't. I don't love the let them play stuff. I don't see the benefit.
2: Went from what an eight-point lead at half to a tie game in the time it took to not call a timeout there, and they had a 12-point lead in the game at one point. So they did lose a. Double-digit lead, not a huge a couple lead in times, this one, but, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So Tatum appreciated it. I mean, I didn't get to ask too many other guys about it tonight. They were kind of in and out post game, but Joe was pretty definitive in that these guys are experienced. I, I like to see them figure it out and let them play. But I'm generally with you, John. In big games, it's important to cut it off. Although what Tatum said to me is that this is the second game of the season so if there's any time for the players to figure it out it's now even if they end up losing a game but
0: it's not a matter of like oh it's not like you've handicapped the players and stunted their development by calling a timeout and not let them figure it out on their own it's just kind of the role of the coach you know that's what you're yep. there for is to calm them down get them refocused that's what you're supposed to do um, it's not a big deal to do so um, this is funny I want to address it just because some people think it's A lot of people here, you know, with the JB slander over the last few years, it is pretty interesting, if not, you know, flat out foolish to have thought some of the trade scenarios that we'd considered or had been thrown around regarding uh Brown, one of them being Beal, which I never got fully at all. And me neither. And again, I'm going to tell you. Even though everyone thinks I'm president of the JB Slander fan club, I was 10,000% against trading him for Durant on record here on social media, every show that we did. No, 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 no. Um, How do you guys feel about that now? And again, it's two games, but still.
1: <laughs> Let's see it through. If my same, I was always fine Seamus with either Be- outcome. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know about that, Bobby, but you were like, it's because no, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't
2: know. I, I, I no, I supported, I supported one Slipped which la- was the Rams. La- No, I I'm su- like,
1: look, my whole thing was the contract. I'm like, you guys, this is ideal. This is exactly what you want to happen if you're an NBA franchise. you two-star players going into their prime, and neither one of them has a year left on their deal. Like, they're right in the middle of it. So see it through, you know, see it through. I know. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest scores of all time, but I would have I would have always wondered what were those two going to do, you know? If, if if everything happened, if the trade went down and Durant became a Celtic, like that would have bothered me. Like how are those going? How are those two going to respond from that NBA Finals loss? So I, I think Brad Stevens felt the same way, and the organization were like, look, we're getting at least two at least two more years out of these two guys. Never mind trading them after one, because that's essentially what happened last year. You got one year out of these two being the their cut leaders while trying to you know lead a ship that was obviously sort of rebuilding you know with a brand new coach and a, and a new personnel and all that so yeah I always wanted to see them see it through
2: yeah my stance is always that if you could get them for brown and white it's just something you you should do like that, that's just a great trade to me the advantage for the Celtics is that because of the fact that the Nets wanted let's just say brown uh, Rob, seven first, blah, 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 blah. You could just say no and move on with two great young players, which is what they did. And they still leave the Nets flailing in the wind, which I'm pretty confident that's going to fall apart in Brooklyn pretty fast to start this year. So, yeah. so far, it's looking like the right move, even if it was white and brown and some picks and stuff. Like, you would have been foregoing Brown's continued ascent here, which is, it's just crazy to see him continue to take steps terms of efficiency in terms of rounding out his game defensively he has been great and he made a few nice plays in that first half too a passing out of the high post I mean he just keeps getting better reminds you how young these guys are I know you hate that John but their age allows them to continue to get better and better, and better and better toward the late 20s that's, you wanted to
1: trade him so badly. He that's not it. the
0: <laughs> aspect that's not the aspect I hate Bobby <laughs> I hate using it as an excuse you're you're a man in this league you've been playing this is your 6th and your 7th year the excuses of they're still young don't hold but the 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 possibility of them continuing to get better is very real both of those things can be true i just think the the whole like well he's only this yeah but he's in his 6th year and in his fourth conference finals like that's a but some of it was that's excuse, a very some of it's, i don't i, I that some to of it's me reality. is i mean look Are you going to be a little better when you're a little older with more experience? That's fine, but you're not talking about year one and two guys. They are veterans, veteran guys. So they did last year, I'm not chalking up to any mistakes they made last year is not because of youth. Uh, That's that's what I that's what I I know. But when we're sitting
2: there saying, "Oh, do we need to blow this up?" It it was premature because of the fact that they were young, and the immaturity solves itself over time, and they get better (laughs) in their games, and they get more mature on the floor in terms of their decision-making and stuff like that. That's where it was just a reality. It wasn't an excuse. It was, it was just the fact that they're younger than a lot of guys entering mm-hmm. their primes. And this is why, what, what age do guys usually win their championship at? 27, I, 28, 29. We've had
0: this discussion too. The reason most people win it later is because most of the premium players in the league who are drafted in the top two, three, four, five slots, um, are drafted into horrible terrible, teams dude. that take three, four, yeah. five years to get competitive. So therefore, of course, <laughs> you're not even going to have a chance to make runs until you're age 23, age 24 season. So of course it takes longer. I mean, it, that's always going to be a problem. Again, Tatum and Brown were born by, you know, just by fire here. They immediately jumped into... Jason Tatum started game one of his rookie year on a team with finals aspirations that made the conference finals the year before. It's a totally different ball game trial by fire. And they were in it it right away.
1: I think that's the part that he wasn't
0: an He wasn't the alpha Never his team.
1: Yeah. Whether, whether it was Kyrie or it was, you know, later on it was Kemba or, you know, that bridge year where it seemed like he was starting to be that leader, but it was still Kemba was still, he was still in the fold, even though he wasn't 100. Like, and then it was last year it was the clear cut. Okay, this is this is Tatum and Brown's team, and yeah. they're gonna have to try to figure this thing out with a brand new head coach who holds them accountable. And obviously, we all know what happened. You know, there was growing pains in the first few months, but I think regardless of what happened in the NBA Finals, and regardless of how people feel about the 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 light, the, the way they got there, I don't think anyone was was saying, "Oh, there's no way these two can get back there." We all knew it was going to be tough. We knew other teams would improve and that, yeah, they, maybe they caught a couple of breaks and Middleton being hurt in that Buck series and, and Jimmy Butler missing that three in game seven in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think everyone agreed that these two were going to continue to get better. And that yep. if if anyone was to help, you know, to help them do that to get back to the finals and, and do it again, it was going to be E. May Doka, right? Like that was, he was the, the biggest reason why they, for the turnaround. But now these guys without him, are showing that they've matured. You know, they've reached that level and that 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 approach that we've never seen from them. And even though it's only been two games, I think this is what, this is the reason why people, a lot of Celtics fans were worried about the whole Kevin Durant thing because they were just like, well, wait a minute. Like, they're on the verge, they're on the cusp of something major here. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Um, This is an interesting point someone brought up here. Um,
0: I guess just going through my head, um, trying to recall, you know, uh, you know, most of the shots Tatum's taken the first two games. This does feel like something he's doing a little bit less, right? Yeah. The contested step back. It's a shot. There were a few tonight.
2: There were a few tonight. There were more
0: tonight than there were in game one, but this is a, this is a thing I never liked. And I don't want him to lean on. Uh, and I don't want him to use. I understand shot clock going down and you've got the ball in your hands and you got to create. That's fine. I don't like it early in the clock. I don't like it when you hold the ball for 10 seconds and that's the shot you settle for. Um, definitely holding the ball. Um, definitely held the ball a little longer tonight at times. Uh, yeah. That one situation uh, who was on him when he turned it over um, in the fourth quarter there.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, it was a crowd, but who was it? was, was a maybe? smaller
0: defender. He was way, Ryan. way, way up from the three-point line, but he looked like he really just wanted to set him up and shoot over the top, and he turned it over there. He had a couple turnovers <laughs> trying to hang on to the ball a little too long tonight, but for the most part, I'm not seeing as many of these. Yeah. More That's mid-range, well. more floaters, more directly to the basket, and the difference this year, what happened last year in the finals? What happened last year, I mean, definitely in the finals, Tatum shot like 27% from two or something like that. He could not finish at all. Yeah. A lot of
1: settling. You guys remember.
0: He set up for a lot of three. His three percentage. I think in the finals was 39%. He just couldn't hit a layup. Vincent. Vincent. It was Gabe Vincent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Gabe Vincent. He was good tonight. Um, I don't know, though. I'm just not thrilled with Miami. (laughs) here. They had a good year last year. I think... They might be on the way down. Yeah, as much as Phoenix gets talked about as a team that's obviously on the way down, even though they won opening night, good comeback. Uh, This Miami team, to me, uh, they've relied on a lot of bench guys punching above their weight uh, over the last couple of years here. Butler, we talked about. Bam, a little more aggressive early, but not as great as the game went on there. So again, I, you know, you're, you're saying Joe Sway, these are two of the better teams in the East. That's a great point. Maybe the Celtics are head and shoulders above some of their top competition in the East. Milwaukee aside, we still going to see them. Uh, the real challenges are, of course, out in the West, and uh, I'm interested to see what they're going to look like against the Warriors and the Clippers and some of those groups, Dallas, Phoenix. Uh, but the East, it's looking early on, at least, like the Celtics are every bit deserving of their status as the favorites in this conference, or at least right up there with anyone else.
0: I was just curious how it was going to work with um, the lack of big man depth, getting beat up on the glass, not being able to defend with the same kind of uh, freedom that they had last year without Rob in there. I just thought you'd have a lot of games where, you know, and possessions where you might play 22 good seconds of defense. And then the other team just gets, you know, just kills you on the glass, cleans up offensive boards, putbacks, second chance opportunities. It just takes the wind out of your sails when you do that. Uh, but The offense is playing at such a high level right now; they can they can live with the defense being, you know, ten percent worse than it was last year, fifteen percent worse because uh, they're just functioning at a higher level,
1: right? <laughs>
2: five, we got the robots fighting here now.
0: Yeah, the robots whipping each other in the back. I love that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we right, got
2: the magic tomorrow.
0: Yep, magic tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a Nick Gelso appearance on the show. Tomorrow. Wow. Yep. Wow, you're teasing this thing, huh? He's so subbing it? in for me.
1: Uh, oh, okay, that
0: makes sense. He's Subbing in, but he'll
1: be there. I thought uh, we were just teasing his. Uh, like he's our he's our guest guest of the show.
0: No, he's he's gonna host the show. He's running the show. Okay. He's running the point uh, tomorrow. So uh, you get you get some boomer takes. I know a lot of you guys love Nick. So pass it on. Um, yeah, the Nick Jasso appearances are rare, and there. and they are.
1: they're spectacular. Okay. <laughs> I thought you're going to write it right there, but it's not going it to work. No, out.
0: no, no. Um no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um
1: so we'll see what happens there. Closing thoughts, guys? More of the same. Blow them out on on uh on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. That would be great, but I mean, either way, it just if this team continues to play like this offensively, man, like this just this is a great way to to get yourself keep to keep the rhythm going into and, and that matchup on Monday, and um, yeah, I want to keep seeing this uh, Tatum and Brown back and forth with the with how many points they're scoring. They're always neck and neck. to we'll see if they can keep that going. But it's more of the same, honestly. That's all
2: I got. Bobby buckets. Bobby buckets. I'm thrilled. I, I had concerns, just like anyone else, about this team coming in, and you, you, you said it, John: big man depth and rebounding, and going from that double big lineup that worked so well last year to a smaller, more offensive mindset. But you want to game offensively now, want to game defensively. You can do it both. These players, more than anything, I think the biggest surprise to the two games is just their ability to carry forward what they were taught last year. And was it Eme? Were there other coaches involved who are still on the staff? I think that's a story that's going to get told as the year goes on here uh, in terms of credit. But that was one of the things I said, John. After the email suspension in terms of hope, if they took what he gave them last year, carried it forward, and they managed themselves to some degree here, the maturity, they were going to be successful because they still have that talent. It doesn't really matter that they have a first-year head coach who's 34 and only taught Division Two; like They just have more talent than other teams.
0: The whole thing is fascinating. I, I, I am still... I just can't wrap my mind around what's going on in terms of what they think and feel. Um, And you're right. Unless the story gets told and start, we start to hear a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes. I, I have no idea. Like, Are they loving Joe? Did they always love Joe? Um, Is he the difference maker? Is it carrying over from what Ime taught them and it's allowed them to mature? Is it just something that happened naturally on their own? Did secretly they not love playing under Ime because he was too tough and called them out? All of this stuff and all of these narratives that people are guessing – uh i that uh, you know throwing out there i have no idea uh we'll see how long they carry this again two games uh i don't want to get too too far out ahead of ourselves we're talking people in the chat here talking about a 70 win team um you you pump the brakes but right now again (laughs) there's just not a lot not to like um and they're clearly responding to joe and um you know he clearly looks the part right now um so i i i The whole thing is fascinating, Bobby. I really don't know. Um, Kes asking here, when's the next call-in phone line session? Um, Oh, man, we should do that soon. So I think what we're going to do... Oh, uh, the Chicago game's a good one for that. Well, I think what we're going to do is this. We're going to pick a day. I got to look at the calendar. I think we're going to pick a day and we're just going to kind of do uh, a Twitter spaces on that day. I got to pick a day where there's fewer Celtics games and we might just make it a recurring thing. Let's just call it like Wednesday at six o'clock or something. And we're just going to do it every week. Uh, and then we might do it when we have breaking news or after a big game to kind of oh, keep yeah, the well, party going from the post. Yeah, we have that, gap that.
1: Between, between Monday and Friday. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So we got to find a place to do that. I do want to hear from you guys. Um, because I haven't had a chance, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to you guys this, um, you know, this season, it'd be great to, uh, get your perspective on things. Of course, we always love you in the chat. Uh, if you guys, uh, do want to keep the conversation going, you can always head over to our, uh, discord server. Um, let me see if I can find that. Where is it? Where is it? Discord, discord, right here. Um, you can head over to that. Um, and, uh, and, and talk hang out clnsmedia.com discord 1,000 1200 i have no idea um ton of you guys are in there uh pretty active chat room you guys can go in there continue I'll the conversation. Back there. i gotta
2: i gotta get back in i yeah. know
1: it's been a while let me get in there
0: now it's been a while it's been a while yeah i uh i uh oh, might jump god. in there god
2: mac mac sappy conversation starting in the chat <laughs>
0: I'll give you my I'll give you my nickel version of the Mac Zappi. Um <laughs> I don't think it's as cut and dried as everyone makes it out to be. I think Mac is the starter. Um and I think he will be when he's fully healthy. What I truly believe is going to happen though is I do not believe he's fully healthy. Um so what's going to be interesting that's,
2: that's what blows my mind. What? That that there's this urgency to get like it should be fine. You have a backup who's playing good, you have a starter who's hurt. Let the starter recover, then bring him back when he's healthy. So But there's this rush to get him back and he's gotta save his job. I think it's stupid.
0: I don't think it's a rush to get him back, and I don't think he's trying to save his job. What I actually think the Patriots are doing is what they always do is just to try to create a little bit of subterfuge or confusion by putting him out there and having him practice and making him appear like he'll play when the reality is he's not planning on playing. Oh, so you um, think
2: he's on on the on the bench? I so uh,
0: what, but what I would what's going to drive what's going to drive the conversation and everybody bananas is when they're both active but zappy still plays and the reason given will be that uh. Mac is not healthy enough but people will be like is that really what's they happening will love that. <laughs> and that's going to go banana so um you know it, 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 we'll see what's that there's reports out there that I'm it's Mac have
2: a season John
0: yeah those reports. Like, I thought Mac.
2: they were done. I thought they were done when Mac went down, and it'd just be a joke of a year. So either hey, way, at least we have stuff to talk about on that front.
0: Uh, this is a good one for Jimmy's chair squeak. squeak. We can do that. The fart. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we still don't have that clip. That's one that's lost in time. I need the, that.
1: The squeak the oil fund.
2: If, yeah, anyone that, if anyone can find that, if anyone can find that Jimmy fart clip, please send it my way. I haven't seen it. You need to leave
1: it off of YouTube. He probably yeah. <laughs> <off> of, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, scrubbed it out. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is lost forever. Dude. It is. The tapes are gone. <laughs> tapes are good all right. Right. The yeah um, so we're I'm gonna, gonna hop wrap on it. a
2: train and head up to orlando in the morning so i'll see you guys up there
0: at a baby once again we want to tell you guys uh oh, our sponsors right. um athletic greens uh check that out athleticgreens.com slash garden uh no need for a million different pills and supplements uh one scoop 75 vitamins and minerals right there cup of water down it in the morning. You're good to go. Your health is taken care of. You got nothing to worry about. Um, go to athleticgreens.com slash garden free one year supply vitamin D five free travel packs, your first purchase. Uh, and then of course, uh, when you go to bed tonight, calm.com you do athletic greens first thing in the morning, but at night it's calm. Number one, mental wellness app calm.com slash garden a 40% off uh, calm premium subscription. You get their entire library, their entire catalog of sleep stories, music, sound effects, um, all sorts of stuff there. Uh, and you do get a phenomenal T-shirt, even though this is not exactly the one here. Um, Celtics heat. Um, Celtics win. They're 2-0. Uh, Orlando tomorrow. Bobby's there. Joe Josue's there. Nick will be here in the big seat um, running the show. I may hop on just to say hi. Um, late in the game, but I don't know if I'll have been able to take in the game. Um, so I'll let you guys know about that. But if not, have a great show. Uh, everybody we will see you tomorrow night.
1: Loose, you'll definitely be there. I
0: know. No, no, I'm enjoying <laughs> this. I like this. I like positive this. John. Again, people forget <laughs> that this the, people forget the garden report was born from a bubble run where jimmy and i were the two cheerleaders at the front of the
2: pack you know <laughs> and i was shaking, picking toronto
0: shaking our pom-poms right. and bobby's picking bobby's picking toronto and jimmy are like you're we're, we're like you're nuts you're nuts
1: yeah. um by the boy, way it, toronto I, what was you this? picked toronto from the beginning and all the way through so that was yeah.
2: by the way you think i've backed oh they actually lost tonight but Brooklyn, bro, I they agree. lost. yeah I really like Toronto this year. You thought I liked them in 2020. It's going to be a lot of Toronto buzz coming to me this year, which some of our viewers will love. It's it's always
0: a good matchup. It's always a good matchup. Anyway, we we are out, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Take care.